0: Another edition of Corbett Report Radio. Of course, I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you live as always from my home recording studio here in the sunny climes of Western Japan. Although it is a bit rainy at the moment, and I certainly hope wherever you are at at this particular moment that you are not being rained upon, uh, metaphorically or literally. And so, I'd like to welcome all of you back to another edition of Corbett Report Radio. And tonight, again, we have a very interesting broadcast lined up for you. And we're going to be touching on a topic that we were talking about a little bit yesterday. And if you were tuned in yesterday, you might know that we were talking about solutions to the various problems that are facing us around the world, whether they be international, national, local, economic, or police state, all of the various problems, which I think we all recognize are linked in some way We were looking at various solutions and some of the false solutions that are offered in these times, and the uh, the issue of Occupy Wall Street, of course, came up. as being one of the, the key issues that are going on, of course, in North America right now, but also protests around the world, as we see the economic temperature rising and the thermometer indicating that people are starting to get to that point where they're just not going to take it anymore. And as I said yesterday I, on the program, I have mixed feelings about this. And I think to the extent that this is a movement that is about people coming together and forming the types of communities that I think are going to be the real solution to what we're facing, I am fully behind that to the effect that to the extent that it's people coming together to try to beg for scraps from the master's table and ask for more from government in order to take care of us. I don't know if I can support that. But uh, of course, ultimately, I, I can't. I can't give a definitive answer of being for or against what's happening at Occupy Wall Street because there are just so many people involved here, and I don't think there is one particular agenda that's being pushed. I think there are many different people, and uh, they're trying to come together, and some, some, we'll see if some sort of consensus can be formed and if, if this uh, movement can grow or if it will start to peter out. And I think we're seeing a very important turning point today with a new attempt to try to Occupy wall Street uh, and to uh, take over the New York Stock Exchange to actually shut it down an attempt which was unsuccessful today, although it was not for lack of trying and uh, ultimately, when I start to see the police being uh, just brutalizing innocent protesters and stripping them of their rights i 'm going to have to come down with the people who are being brutalized and it should ne- never come to this with the police against the people, but when it does, of course we have to put our our, our efforts towards uh, helping those people who have been falsely arrested and imprisoned. And it's a, it's a tragic state of affairs, really. And it's one that's difficult to get a handle on, because there are so many conflicting reports coming out. And we have, uh, for example, just trying to follow this from, from all the way in Japan, as I am, I have a, a number of seemingly conflicting reports. For example, one from the National Post, more than 200 arrested after repeated clashes between Occupy Wall Street protesters and police and in this report it says that uh, the the uh, the movement today the the march was unexpectedly small that there was an unexpectedly small but spirited occupy wall street uh, rally and it said there were several thousand people who ultimately ended up in the march but then you turn to a source like rt and they have a ows day of action police versus people story up on their front page right now that notes that there were uh, more than 30,000 people in new york city alone protesting in one of the biggest OWS demonstrations since the movement began two months ago, which again seems to be in direct contradiction to what the National Post was noting there. So that's extremely interesting. And then we have uh, BBC News mass arrests at Occupy Wall Street protests, where they note there were 300 people arrested uh, today in New York trying to shut down the the stock exchange, Um, but obviously uh, unsuccessful in that. And then... We also have uh, Taiwan news of all places saying that there were 1,000 protesters gathered near the stock exchange. Lots of different conflicting reports. So when we come back, we have a special guest lined up tonight who's actually been attending the Occupy Wall Street rallies. We're going to get more information about what's really going on there. So stay tuned for more right after this. Edition of Corbett Report Radio. Of course, I am your host James Corbett of corbettreport.com and we're coming to you live tonight reporting on today's very interesting events at Occupy Wall Street in New York and of course the the rallies that are going on around the world in solidarity with those protests in New York attempting today to shut down the New York Stock Exchange. And as I said before the break, it's difficult to get a handle on what is going on down there because there are very different reports coming from different news sources. And it's always a question of what can we trust. So tonight, we're happy to have a guest on the line to help us uh, sort through what's really going on at these Occupy Wall Street rallies and what's really uh, taking place there. So I'm excited to get into that. Um, Before we do, let's open up the phone lines if you want to get in on the conversation and share your thoughts about what uh, Occupy Wall Street represents. You can get in on tonight's uh, broadcast at one 800 Three one three nine four four three. That's one eight hundred three one three nine four four three. But tonight we're talking to Christina Gomez, someone who uh, contacted me through the contact form on corbettreport.com, uh, letting me know that she's down there at Occupy Wall Street and uh, very much interested in what's going on down there. And as I understand it, she's uh, originally from Florida, but has ended up in uh, in the much colder climes of New York to. The battle along with the, the Occupy Wall Street crowd. So, Christina, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight. It's good to talk with you. Oh,
1: absolutely. Thank you for having me, James. It's good to be with you
0: tonight. Excellent. Yeah, well, it is good to talk with you because, as I say, there's just so many conflicting reports going on, uh, coming out about what's going on down there, and it's difficult to get a handle on what's really happening. So I'm excited to have you tonight. But before sure. we could we get into that, perhaps we could start just with a little bit about yourself and uh, how it is you came to, to get to New York and um, start uh, getting involved with these protests.
1: Sure. Um, well, I've been closely paying attention to the corruption happening in uh, government and uh, in in the country and uh, the world uh, for several years. And uh, back in Orlando, I'm a student, an engineering student. But it's pretty hard for me to focus when I know that the future is kind of, you know, the, the positive, the positive aspect of our future is really pensioned on uh, human freedom, which is slipping away. So, um, it's, for for me personally, it's. I've always had a difficult time to uh, just close my eyes and, you know, just keep trudging along, working along, and try to complete things like a degree, so I f- decided to uh, pack things up when I saw this occupation happening here, because all the things that were coming out through the news media were poisonous, calling it socialist and le- liberals and leftists. I mean, I knew the country right now needs a peaceful revolution, so I decided that this was probably the best place for somebody like me who's at least somewhat informed of the corruption and the, the, the mechanics through which our government um, employs uh, ways to um, control society through mainstream media, through the Federal Reserve, things like that. Um, so I decided to come up here and uh, join, uh, for, so to speak, uh, what's happening up here.
0: Absolutely, well it's good to see that there are people who, who know what's going on and who are well informed about these issues getting involved in this and, and showing, proving by, by uh, getting involved in it that it's not about this left-right divide that they use to keep us divided instead of the actual issues that we all know that all of us know are problems in our extremely unfortunately corrupt society that we're living in these days. So it's good to see that that is going on. So, so let's talk about uh, when you first start, uh, got to, to the uh, to New York and what, what was really the, uh, the, the scene like there when you got there?
1: Well I got here around October the about a week left uh, in October on the 22nd October. And that was right after um, in Ducati Park where they had started to have tents. And it was like a day or two afterwards. From what I understand, before that, there were no tents. And that really sort of changed the dynamic on the ground in the park. Uh, at that point, people were kind of required almost because there was nowhere to sort of like retire to in the evening. Uh, they were required to almost have this dialogue and this discussion and this uh you know, this very public debate about the, the current state of things in the country. And, you know, obviously it centers around the New York financial district, it's really the source of um, this financial corruption in our, in our society in, in America and, you know, really in turn the world. America is such a leader with financial um, instruments in the financial industry worldwide. So it's it changed once the once tents were introduced and uh, and and that's where things just began began to sort of it seemed evolve and um, you know at, at this point obviously they were evicted two days ago so um, now it's kind of you know it's I wouldn't say it's starting from scratch it's just it, the momentum is just it continues to build build and build because. It's almost like that game Whack a Mole, you know. Right now, in my opinion, you know, and that's just to introduce some bias into the conversation. My personal, um, my personal opinion, that what we're seeing here is the actual free market reaction to the corruption of our society. That there's nowhere else for a lot of the people here who are walking Ohio Wall Street to go or express their voice or their dissent, other than to come to this park and react in mass. So when you try to, like, stifle or or crowd out this reaction as Bloomberg is trying to do or, um, you know, as the police force is trying to um, sort of limit, uh, it's like playing whack-a-mole. You're just going to have these things, you know, you're just going to have people sprout up in dissent in other places and and even stronger because the solution isn't to eliminate the protest. The solution is to respond. I mean, you're not going to be able to... To, to prevent people from uh, meeting their needs of, like you know, living in a society that's at least fair, that's not exploiting uh, their, their good their good goodwill and talent. So, that's,
0: well, that's I think yeah, I think stuff. you're right about that. And it, to me, the surprising thing is that they've managed to keep the mass of the people placated for so long, even as the economy and the society around them has been just really falling apart. So it mm-hmm. is kind of almost a testament to their evil genius, I suppose, in the way they've set up the system to make so many people so apathetic for so long. And as you yeah. say, this really is kind of a free market response to the the pressure that's been building up for so long, and to simply uh, think that they can suppress that or, or, or sweep it under a rug somehow, I think, is naive at this point. And as we've seen in Europe, obviously, at a more advanced stage of the austerity crisis over there, I think... This is just going to become bigger and bigger and more of a, a problem for the the global kingpins as this uh, continues to unfold. Because I think it's important what you just pointed out there that this is this is not about uh, free market capitalism. This is about the crony capitalism slash fascism that's in bed with the government that creates the whole system. Is this kind of twin-headed hydra that—that's this amalgamation of the corporations and government until you can't tell which is which? And that's, I think, what people are protesting against—not the idea of of uh, capitalism itself, but perhaps you can give a, a better uh, viewpoint of what the people on the ground are thinking and saying there.
1: Yes, that's correct. You know, there's 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 so much disinformation coming out through the mainstream media, and when you when you actually sit down and have a <clears throat> excuse me, when you actually sit down and have a Legitimate conversation with people. People here in the ground aren't aren't against capitalism. The the information that comes out is very cherry picked, especially from the mainstream media. Um, People understand the concept of like if you create something and you sell it and you keep the money from it. They understand that that's a good concept and that's the basis of capitalism. People can keep people grasp that concept. Um, You do get the you do get a lot of socialists and everything here, but it isn't it isn't to the effect that. It's painted, and uh, you know it's really important to remember that a lot of the people here, um, you know, maybe just haven't been introduced to the ideas of freedom and liberty as as uh, as, as exemplified and enshrined in the U.S. Constitution, because the, you know they, they've also gone through the public school system just like the rest of us and have also been force-fed the the mainstream media um, notion of of the way our society is supposed to function for their entire lives too, just like the rest of us. So. It's the social programming that everybody's kind of gone through, and this, you know, the the when people are getting together in this in this fashion, there's a lot of deprogramming involved, where this clash of this, this clash of ideas and this discussion. Um, the, there certainly is um, there certainly is elements of people who are you know very strongly uh, anarchist and very strongly like quote socialist, but I don't I don't get the feeling that this is a, a movement based on, um, a, a movement if it was established in that manner to pursue those goals. It's not a movement where any one particular, um, philosophy is going to be able to take the reins and come in and dear all of the people because there are just so many people here and it's just so organic and it's just such a swath of variety of opinions. There's always like this, 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 this cast of it that will not be like, that won't be Directed or manipulated. It's there's just I mean people like me. I'm not going to be you know I'm I'm pretty much aware of like I've I've done a lot of thinking through these different ways of you know these different thought processes. And that somebody can't just come over to me and say well, you know you should support this idea that we should give more power to government because they're going to be able to uh, you know tax the one percent and make everything better. I'm, that's I, that's you know rubbish. I understand that. Um, so there's there's plenty of, plenty of thinking people here who are very well intentioned. And a lot of um, a lot of people have just never been presented certain types of information. So it's a clash of ideas, and I think it's just a, a process of deprogramming and a, uh, of introducing positive ideas and ways out.
0: Well, I, I agree completely with that sentiment, because I think, uh, obviously, I think people who are listening to this program probably know by now that uh, that we can't trust media representations of what's going on there. We have to actually speak to the people. And it has been one of the encouraging things about this whole movement that I've seen, that there are a lot of really informed people. And there are a lot of people uh, there who are gathered to, to try to learn and try to come to come some better understanding of what's going on in order to better Understand how to face it. So that's something that I'm really excited about, as well as the concept of the uh, the teach-ins that has become a part of the Occupy movement. Can you tell us a little bit sure. about that?
1: Yeah, they um, there are plenty of um, there are plenty of uh, groups within the, the movement. There's there's if you go if you just go to NYCGA, you can see that there's. But I think there's almost like 100 separate individual groups, all with their own interests. You know, everything from small businesses to um, civil disobedience to uh, pursuing active, act, direct action type things, and um, these these groups, they all, you know, they reflect the interests of their members, and um, the teachings are are very positive. I'll be doing a teaching on the Federal Reserve, but you know, I had I had planned it for this week. Things kind of got evicted, and right. you know, well, right.
0: I suppose some things have been have come along to take that place, but uh, but let's leave it there for now. We'll we'll come back in just a couple of minutes, and let's uh, let's pick it up from there after the break, right here on Corporate Report Radio. to Corbett Report Radio. I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we're talking Occupy Wall Street with our guest, Christina Gomez, who's been in attendance at the the Occupy Wall Street protest for the last two months, almost. Going on two months, anyway. So it's a pleasure to have her on to talk about what's really happening there as opposed to what the media is telling us is happening there. And again, if you want to get in uh, on tonight's conversations with your thoughts about Occupy Wall Street, it's one 800 Three one three nine four four three. But Christina, before the break, we were talking about uh, the teach-in concept and that you wanted to organize something about the Federal Reserve. Perhaps you can uh, tell us a, a little bit about your take on the Federal Reserve and uh, what it really represents.
1: Sure. Well, the biggest thing is that the Federal Reserve has legal tender laws, which require the merchants in the United States to re- to accept their fiat currency. There's nothing uh, quote backing it that has any value in the market, except for that law that requires people to accept the money. So that is the biggest hurdle in restoring soundness in our monetary system uh, that that there is, uh, in my personal opinion, from my research. Um, so my my personal my personal effort up here is to raise awareness on that issue, and it's, it's similar to having a pickpocket in your pocket with the Federal Reserve with using Federal Reserve fiat currency. It's like you never really know how much your dollar is going to be worth from one day to the next because they have the power to inflate and deflate the money supply. And, um, you know, because everybody has to use money since we're not working with a barter system. I mean, some people do, but it's not a generally accepted uh, means of uh, exchange barter or something or, you know, using silver uh, because we're using money as our form of our immediate exchange and not very many people are, are real fluent in, um conscience of how currency, uh, creation works, uh, like, you know, the founders mentioned. Uh, ignorance of the issues of currency is, is one of the, the reasons, one of the ways which, uh, which, uh, people will end up being oppressed. That's kind of paraphrasing what one of the founders said, I think it was Madison. Um but yeah, that's basically my take. They have the king of monopolies not because not only is it uh not only do they have the the power to monopolize the control, the issue of the currency, but they have the king of monopolies because everybody has to use money and they've made it illegal to not accept their currency. So that's my take on it and, and the Federal Reserve has to uh we have to leave it. It's a system we have to leave behind. It's run its course, it's um it's you know, done enough damage and all this all of this the restriction is the result of all this restriction in our our monetary um, in our monetary economic system and and the end the ending the end result which is control central control of our society it's like this it's like this octopus like this you know it's sucking all the power into in one direction and that's like central control behind the the power of the banks. There's this really great analogy I heard just recently fiat currencies to bankers what banksters what the slim jim is the car thieves so if you can it kind of puts it in perspective
0: yes yes it does i like the uh, pickpocket analogy too and i think that's something like what uh, ron paul has said that basically they can go in and steal money from your bank accounts and you never notice because it's called inflation and it's just part of the (laughs) system but Exactly, and, and I think you're right. Even even if you did believe that uh, that the Federal Reserve system was set up with the best intentions in mind, which I think is proven uh, false, has been proven false over and over throughout the uh, the decades, and especially because just shortly after it was set up, of course, we had the Great Depression, which was uh, part of the monetary contraction that was uh, again spurred by the Fed, but. But uh, even if you believe that it was the best system set up for the best intentions by the best uh, angels descended from heaven, um, it was—it still was a 100-year-old institution, and I think uh, definitely we can do better than that, um, even if you wanted to believe that it was truly a, a good system at heart. What, what's your sense about the people on the ground and their general understanding of issues like the Federal Reserve?
1: Well, my, my personal experience is, um, <laughs> okay, again, I'm a little biased because this is my issue. This is my thing. I really want this, this machine to stop. Uh, but everybody I bring the issue of the Fed up, if they're not informed of it and I spend a few minutes talking about it, they agree and they understand. They understand why it's bad that one entity, a private operating for-profit bank that's issuing currency and they have the sole power to issue the currency, they can see pretty clearly why that's a bad thing especially the fact that it operates for profit against the the full faith and credit of 300 million people under the guise of uh, serving the United States government, lending the government money with interest. It's like every dollar in circulation comes uh, into circulation with debt inherent in it. People understand that concept very easily. Um, And if they haven't, if they don't know of it, it doesn't take, you know, the people here are not like unintelligent. Everybody here is you know they're they're they've taken the first step, which is actually getting together and exercising their First Amendment right to assemble. Which means they've at least got the emotion um, driving them to uh, to a point where they have have taken the the time to react to the uh, the inequity. So um, yeah, it's my experience is that everybody once once they if they don't if they're not aware of the, of the issue, uh, once they understand it, they are in agreement that it's an institution that has to end. Now there are there are very strong elements in this crowd that are against it. Now um, there are some uh there's some you know, and this is this is somewhat speculation. When I first got here, there was a um, and and even until the the very end, right before uh, the occupation was evicted, there was a group of anarchists who were passing out this pamphlet. And from what I understand, um, from people I've spoken to on the ground who have been here since the beginning, the the anarchists. Element, the real hardcore, like, you know, anti-government element in this crowd is the is the element in this crowd that came up with the consensus-based model that this whole occupation globally has been uh, operating on. So,
0: Interesting. Yes, well, uh, certainly there has been that, that consensus model that's, that's arisen. That's something else I'd like to get into, as well as, of course, what happened today and all of the developments, uh, the latest developments. So let's take a short break, and we'll be right back with more right after this.
1: Everyone I know goes away. In the
0: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio, friends. James Corbett here from CorbettReport.com, and tonight we are talking about Occupy Wall Street and all of the latest developments in that. Of course, today, a very important day, as we saw, again, mass rallies in an effort to try to shut down the New York Stock Exchange, and of course, more mass arrests as a result of that. So a very interesting day all around, and tonight we're honored to be joined by Christina Gomez, who has been on the ground and participating in Occupy Wall Street for for, uh, several weeks now. And it's uh, great to have her perspective on all of this. But uh, first, I understand we have a caller on the line from Israel. So let's go to him first. Uh, Eyal, are you on the line?
2: Yes, I'm on the line. Excellent.
0: Well, it's good to talk to you tonight. What's on your mind?
2: Hi. So first of all, I'm really a big fan following your work. And we've actually uh, exchanged some emails in the past. And... uh, (coughs) I want to say that I'm following uh, Occupy Wall Street quite close and pretty incredible how, you know, it's the people versus the co-opter. But I think that really the best thing that they're doing is they're raising awareness, awareness of everyone to important issues. And I've been following a movement which is actually very relevant to your last caller about um, letting people know about Bitcoin. So this is an alternative to the federal system. And if people start using stuff like that more, which is a decentralized currency with no specific center, then <clears throat> then that would be great. Uh, there are other things that uh, I see people pushing, like, you know, information about new discoveries that are not being portrayed in the media as much as they should, like ECAT, that's E-C-A-T. It's... Uh, Unlimited energy device that was, this, you know, uh, sold actually in uh, Italy by Andro So a lot of exciting stuff is happening. There's a media blackout and I think this is a great opportunity to expose that, to let people start thinking for themselves and research and look things up and not just, just get all the information from the, the matrix. I think that's a yeah. big challenge to make people go and look for that.
0: Yeah, good point. I, I agree completely uh, to the extent that this is helping to raise awareness on key issues like that, and and all of the the suppressed technologies and everything that's going on in the world that could be the answer to so much of our problems. I think that is important. Christina, your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I, I certainly agree that this is raising awareness. Unfortunately, um, it's, it's pretty hard through through normal mainstream channels to get any sort of uh, any sort of a, a, a clear spin. You know. And, um, there's, on the, on the ground here, there's not too many people talking about, like, advanced energy technologies. You know, I'm an engineering student by, um, by, by, tr- I guess by trade. I'm not quite an engineer yet, but, um, I got into engineering because of advanced energy research. That's what I want to eventually learn and, and research and do with my, uh, car- do career-wise. Um, and yes, I, I do believe that, uh, you know, we were headed in that direction. But it's hard to, it's hard through normal channels to get this kind of like information out there because this is obviously a direct threat to the establishment power. So it's, it has to come out through, um, uh, new media and, um, you know, uh, the conscious efforts of active citizens. So yes, uh, it's, it's a good thing. Um, you know, I'd be, I'd be hesitant with this Bitcoin. I honestly, personally, I don't know enough about it to knock it, but I, from what I do know, I know that it crashed in value. Um so it may not be the, the from what I've researched and I could be wrong. Um, let me preface it by saying that um, from what I've researched it seems to not be so um, uh, reliable yet, but that doesn't mean that it can't be. And you know then again, of course, it comes back to it comes back to the legal tender law with the Federal Reserve System. they, were, they have a law on the books requiring that people accept their money. Um, but yeah, as far as advanced energy technologies, there's there are people talking about it here, but it hasn't been the main focus, and it's hard to get. It's uh, uh, hard to get a good read on any sort of, like, name focus because right now the movement of uh, Occupy Wall Street and the occupations globally is just about – it's making sure that, you know, people are, are cohesive enough to, to remain as solid, a solidified um, and, and mass, so um, –
0: Right. Yeah, well, I suppose probably the economic concerns probably f- first and foremost on most people's minds, but certainly I think that plays into things like the uh, the technologies and other things which uh, obviously are suppressed by the uh, the very oil uh, families that have been obviously made their their money in oil like the Rockefellers and, and all of that. So they're they're very much threatened by things like uh, technologies that might provide alternative energies certainly. All right, uh, You all any other thoughts on that?
2: One last word. I mean, Bitcoin value crashed exactly, exactly like the gold value has crashed. Whenever there's an alternative currency, a government intervenes and crashes the value and intervenes in the market. It's very visible. You can see that they're selling on weekends when there's no activity so they can take the value down. However, the value of Bitcoin has nothing to do with its usability. You can always change Bitcoin to dollars, it really doesn't matter what the rate. As long as you use it, you're actually bypassing it. You can buy any product on Amazon using gift cards that you can get for Bitcoin. You can rent service. It's quite amazing.
0: That's right. Well, I have uh, I did an interview with uh, with someone who was promoting the Bitcoin idea a while ago, and I uh, got a lot of negative feedback as well as some positive feedback. I think it's an interesting idea, and I, I do hope that more ideas like that do do emerge in the future. And I think it relates to the digital coin idea that Paul Grignon, who uh, I talked to a, la- a couple of weeks ago on this program, was talking about. But, but at any rate, okay. Well, thank you very much for that call, y'all. It's uh, great to hear from you. So I hope you'll call in again in the future. But uh, Christina, moving on with our conversation, I understand that. Uh, that uh, you were part of today's um, today's mass demonstration, so perhaps we can get into that and, and some of the things that were going on today in this uh, this what is being portrayed either as an unexpectedly small or one of the biggest rallies in the whole Occupy Wall Street movement. Uh,
1: clearly, it depends on who you're listening to. <laughs> um, <laughs> this morning, yeah, the, the the festivities, I guess you could call them, began at uh, seven o'clock and seven a.m. this morning before the opening bell of Wall Street and when you are actually on the on the ground, there is a lot of there's a, a sort of like a festive uh an festive atmosphere to things, um you know kind of <laughs> strangely contrasted with the police state in full effect and presence. Um, you know for every one protester or for every like you know maybe 50 protesters, there's uh, a good like three or four police officers in riot here. Um, and this morning at 7 a.m. Um, Probably, I'd say, about three to 4,000 people lined up across the street from Ducati Park. and It had to be moved to right across the street because they cordoned off Ducati Park to where there's only two in-and-out entrances. And uh, From there, the 3,000 people gathered until around 7 a.m., seven fifteen a.m., and then uh, went and proceeded to walk and uh, march toward Wall Street. Thick in the streets, thousands of people Some music news agencies recorded that it's a hundred uh, this several hundred people is patently false there were thousands of people there at seven in the morning and uh, marching through all of the streets and right you know in general I would say that um, the the if there's any anything being portrayed in the media that says this is there's violence people there are very few people in the crowd who are actually these you know these crazy anarchists who would be willing to go and, like torture uh Fortress building, like there's probably one or two in this entire crowd of like three thousand that are like that. There are people out there, just like in any in any uh, major crowd, you're going to have you know elements in in the crowd that are capable of like these bad things. But it's really important to to know. Anytime anybody in the crowd gets aggressive, they are immediately swiftly met by chants from the crowd, screaming, "This is a peaceful protest." You know, making sure that everybody who's visible, who's aware, who's paying attention, who's either on the news or whatever or broadcasting, knows that this is not a violent movement. This is very peaceful, and that is the bottom line. It's really important to get that out there, that there's not uh, an effort to be violent in any way, shape, or form. In fact, all the aggression comes from the police. There's, they closed down Wall Street, a public street today, and making, uh, making sure that nobody who um, didn't have an ID to, that worked on Wall Street was allowed to get past. And right there in that very barrier, that very thin space where people push forward and the police push back, that's the, the front line, really, so to speak. And that's where, like, you know, the clashes and the skirmishes were taking place all day today. And, um, you know, that erupted in violence in some places and then it erupted in uh, in arrest. But generally, um, you know, what, what, what can people really do? They're, it's a matter of, like, putting yourself right there and stopping police and moving forward, and the, the, the risk is arrest. So when there's arrests, that's what the police pushing back on people, um, when they want to just go and, and occupy public streets, which they have every, people have every right to be in public space. It's just, it's the financial interest telling the police, you know, dictating to the police what to do through, through the mayor and, um through, you know, whatever other means. You know, the police always, the, the question you ask police is, when will, when will this be a problem for you to follow orders? And they always say, well, we're doing our job. And um, you know, just to 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 get uh, get this out there today um, on the eviction uh, a couple nights ago, the counterterrorism unit was in uh, was in was playing. They were out there, uh, you know, uh, the New York counterterrorism unit. And then today, DHS was also involved with uh, some of the arrests. There were DHS uh, police stands there, and um, there there were several hundred arrests. I think maybe. And
0: then after uh, you're breaking up a little there, but uh, but certainly the the point is well taken. And and uh, on that note, on today's edition of New World, next week um, we did covered that uh, the dhs has been involved in the in the mass roundups that we've seen going on the evictions and all of that going on across the country in the last few days one of the uh, mayors let it slip that dhs has been really coordinating this so uh, so all those people who have for years have been saying the patriot act was really aimed at uh, the american people themselves and not at the uh, the shadowy al-Qaeda boogeymen, um, have been proven right yet again. And, of course, the uh, the mainstream media will remain silent on that fact. But uh, but uh, uh, you talk about some of the police uh, brutality and things that are going on. Certainly in the G20 in London and the G20 in uh, Toronto, in, in the last couple of years we've seen some really horrific police tactics that ended up in the death of one of the people in the G20 in London and has ended up in you know, of course, mass arrests and things like that. Of course, uh, talking about things like kettling, where they uh, they direct people into a small area and then just make mass arrests and things like that. Have you seen those types of things going on, or is it really just skirmishes at the front line?
1: Yes, actually, um, one of the most disturbing things that the NYPD has been doing regularly is they are making sure that there are no witnesses when there are potential when there's potential situations of mass arrests and mass violence. For example, when they evicted people from Zuccotti Park, the the the, um, the, element, the, the, the uh, There's a, a small group of, of uh, occupiers who were strictly, you know, maintaining that they would not leave, so they u locked themselves to each other and to the trees. And the most disturbing thing was when that happened, they, the police created a giant perimeter around the park and then effectively pushed back, like, two blocks, anybody who was not staying in the park. So there were no witnesses and then NYPD controlled the airspace over the park, so we couldn't even get news shoppers to witness what was going on with air, aerial uh, with aerial uh, video. So we, we really had no idea what they were doing inside the park. That's very disturbing. And on the street, you know, the, the media, all the press with their, in New York, you have to have official press badges. They weren't even allowed to go in there to, to uh, with their press IDs to go and witness it. So, yes, that's. That is absolutely one of the most disturbing things that's happening. They're effectively shutting down the First Amendment right to free press um, in these situations, and it's not so much, you know, the the police aren't even conscious that they're doing that. They're just, quote, following orders, always just following orders.
0: Always following orders. Well, I'm I'm waiting for the U.N. Security Council to pass a resolution any day in support of the protests and for NATO to start bombing Washington, but um, (laughs) we'll, we'll see if that happens. Um, yes. So at any rate, no. It is so blatant that uh, the, the the camera is mightier than the sword, and uh, they're so afraid of people even just witnessing what's going on, and that that can only be the sign that they're doing something that is inherently wrong, and that everyone knows to be wrong, and they don't want any sign of it escaping.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and one of the one of the reasons, actually, the reason that they were told uh, the, that the protesters were informed that they had to leave on on the. Um, I think it was uh, Tuesday night when, when Occupy Wall Street was evicted, was because the camp had uh, posed a fire hazard. Now, that's just, you know, that's part of this uh, uh, ABCD plan that the police have been employing. According to a friend of mine, they, uh, they had an interview, sort of uh, off-the-record interview with a police officer who kind of spilled the beans to them. And um, the police were actually employing uh, some some tactics that, um, you know, very subversive in, uh, counter-protest tactics they introduced them um, first of all they they confiscated the generators um, which you know that's debatable whether whether you know that that's you can just confiscate things of course they always come in with a like, fire department regulations and say well this you know this is going to cause a fire or whatever okay fine whatever they they did that they confiscated the generators and then uh, plan uh, plan b was to introduce homeless people and direct homeless people to go to Zuccotti Park. Now you're not just, you know, not, I'm not trying to give homeless people a bad names. Obviously, there's all, always a criminal element when you're dealing with people who are having a very difficult time in the socioeconomic status. You know, you, you it, it breeds more, um, it breeds more um, uh, criminality just by by natural. You know, if you look at the statistics. And then there was another uh, like plan C was to uh, drop prisoners from Rikers Island off down the street and direct them into Zuccotti Park. So that was another, uh, that was another attempt to try to get the occupation to self-destruct. And then, uh, quote, plan, plan B, um, one of the, uh, the officers said was, uh, if somebody had started a fire in, um, in the park, it was not going to be an occupation protester. It was likely going to be an undercover cop. So they had just kind of spilled the beans in conversation with, uh, a couple of people who I know, uh, some friends of mine and, um, you know, this this is, it's, I have to, you know, preface this by saying that it's, it's, it is off the record. It wasn't, you know, put out there to be public knowledge. But, right. But even, you know, even
0: without that, I mean, I think we understand that that's exactly the types of tactics that, that have been used in the past. And I think we'd be right. naive to think that they aren't being used now. So I think it's just part of the logical way that they proceed with these things. Um, and as, yeah. we, as I say, as we've seen time and time and time and time and time again at all sorts of protests going back all the way to WTO in Seattle
1: right exactly and um they you know somebody was saying they used the Rad uh cans today they are using kettling um they kettled uh, obviously on the Brooklyn Bridge when they had the solidarity march here in uh in New York for Oakland they attempted to kettle people but it didn't work out there were just too many people and then they took the kettling um, the kettling um nets and they actually stole the kettling nets so yeah, they try to do these things. But today, uh, today, they, when things did erupt in violence was um, uh, when people went back to Zuccotti Park after the, um, after invading Wall Street and they surrounded the Zuccotti Park and they closed it off, effectively preventing people from going in or out. And then the police at one point did descend on the crowd and they physically, got physically violent with some of the members in the crowd. Um, so, you know, whether, whether, I was not there to witness that, but whether there were some people who were challenging and being aggressive with the cops, I don't know that's possible, but in all cases that I've seen, it is always the, it is always, you know, the police have the monopoly on the force, so uh, a protester isn't going to go physically go out and be violent with a cop because they just get struck with force. Um, there may be agitation, but the, the police officer always has the power to aggress, and use the force, use force in that manner.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, use the force, maybe. No, force. exactly right. It's a, it is a monopoly of power given to the state, and, uh, and I think everyone there knows that, and, and that's why the only real uh, incidents that we see of violence are, are generally tend to be provocateurs and undercover people. But on that note, uh, let's come back and talk a little bit about the future of this movement and where you think things are heading. Right here on Corporate Report Radio, talking tonight to Christina Gomez. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio, friends. We are here in the closing minutes talking to our guest, Christina Gomez, about the ongoing Occupy Wall Street and, of course, the major events that were taking place there today. But, of course, uh, having talked a little bit about that, I suppose the ultimate question is, where is all this heading? So, Christina, just in the final few moments here, your thoughts on where this is heading and where, whether you think today's uh, events will be a harbinger of, of a greater increase, uh, a growing momentum for the movement, or will it be the opposite?
1: Uh, well, I think I think the answer to that is is uh, is kind of twofold. You know, really, the, the forward the path forward, uh, socially speaking, and a societal level, in my, from my perspective, is there's got to be a bridging of the gap between all these all these schisms in the way people think. Um, and not to say that you know it's, there's some you know efforts like co-op, but through persuasion and through the raising of awareness, people can eventually come to a a common ground as to the fact that the truth is that the government is trying to control society, and that leads to a lot of uh, to a destruction-based economy, to a warring economy. And um, I, I believe that uh, what's happening in, in the occupation certainly is not going away. You've got people here who are strongly committed to um, social equity and uh, justice in, in society. That's not going to go away. That's just going to continue. Now I'm also a huge, huge supporter of Ron Paul, and I'm a uh, i am very much support the ideas of freedom and liberty. And if you are paying attention closely to what's happening in the polls, there's a lot of people who, and the Republican side of things, are not sure who they're going to vote for in Iowa. And I think if you if you see the writing on the wall, Ron Paul has got the the stellar he's got the stellar uh, record in Congress. He has the fantastic um, understanding of the economy and economics, and he really has, you know, he really has the answers and the, those solutions that really represent what's, what the, uh, the occupation of Wall Street, the occupation of Wall Street may not know that he has the answers that will address the problems that they're facing, but he does. When he wins in Iowa, which it's looking as though that's becoming more and more likely every day, that right there is going to be it for a lot of people in America because they're going to realize at that moment, oh my god, the media is actually trying to black, black this guy out. They don't want me to know that he represents these views because once he wins, he'll ha- people will have to look at this. They're going to have to look and see who is this guy that won that I have never heard anything about and I don't even know <sighs> about his position. Well, I and certainly that- hope you're
0: right on that. Well, in, in the final few moments, throw out the, the website. I understand that you have a blog that you keep up to date.
1: Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, if you go to www.orlandocopwatch.com, I'm doing updates from Occupy Wall Street here in New York, and that is a civic action group that uh, friends of mine started in Orlando, Florida, and we just basically watch cops, try to keep them accountable uh, through video. It is the, the weapon of choice for uh, citizens for um, protection in, in, term, in, uh, in the face of police abuse of power. So that's what Orlando Copwatch is about. It's about filming police on uh, while they're on active duty to ensure that they don't abuse their power. And um, it's a civic action group. And um, you know, it's one. It's just one branch. It's not affiliated with the national Orlando. Uh, it's not affiliated with National Cop Watch. But uh, friends of mine started it. So yeah, that's the website. And um, I'm, I'll be posting another update um, about related to the eviction and today's mass action protest by
0: tomorrow. Excellent. And, and once again, that's Orlando Copwatch.com. That's correct. Excellent. All right. Well, it's it's great to have you on the program, and it's great to get your perspective this evening. I really do appreciate it, and it is uh, hardening as always to see people who are really informed of these issues participating in these uh, in these events. So it's good to have you there, and it's good to have you um, popping in on the program. And I certainly hope that you'll you'll pop in from time to time in the future to keep us updated with what's going on.
1: Absolutely, James. Thank you for the opportunity. It's my pleasure. I will uh, right. certainly keep you guys up to date.
0: Excellent. Okay, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of you again tomorrow night right here on Corbett Report Radio on Republic Broadcasting. So until then, take care, and happy listening.